And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 190 of Panelology. I'm Alex. And I'm Jenna. Ooh, that was crackly. You want another swing at that? Nah, fuck okay. it. That's real life right there. Yes, it is. Real life is crackly. That's right. It sure is, How's I guess. It going? It, it's going. Crackly? Crackly, yeah. What about snappy and poppy? Um, Snappily and poppily? I'm always snappy. Hardly poppy, though. Mm, that sounds right. Yep. Cool. We're both awake too. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely awake. Definitely feeling this coffee already. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, I have a theory I would have bounced past you. Okay. I think Brian might be the Hulk. I think he might be. I've we never ne- seen the two of them in the room at the same time. Never. Never at the same time. Yeah. It's entirely possible. Yeah. It's a Hulk week, therefore there is no Brian. Right. I don't know how we arrived at this, but here we are. We accidentally secreted it. I almost really believe that he goes, oh, it's oh, no, this is too funny. I can't not go. Or I can't go. I have to stay home. I'm starting to think the same thing. Because Brian would do that. He absolutely would. Yeah. yeah. He'd be like, oh, a murder herc? No. Yeah. We have to keep this going. But we don't, Brian. Brian, please come back. Come back. Come, come back, back home, Brian. Brian. We miss you. We're concerned for you. <laughs> I wonder if Brian still listens. <laughs> we'll find out one way or another. That's right. Brian, if you're listening, tweet at M.A. Haynes. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some comics. As yep. much fun as... Bullying Brian is, it's more fun when he's here. Oh, that wasn't even bullying. No, I know. That was, I think actually when you say that you want someone to come home, that's anti-bullying. I mean, have you met me? Being around me, I think by definition. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. It's just sort of torture. (laughs) Hellmouth, number three. Speaking of torture. Speaking of torture. Angel makes a friend. Yeah. And he's making some gross, gross chili. Augie. Augie's his name. That's what it is. I was like, damn it. I know he had a very common, familiar name. Not common, but familiar. Yes, Augie. Yep. And his doggy daddy. <laughs> Adorable. Um, yeah. But that's not the only thing that's going on in this issue. Uh, in a way, Buffy kind of makes a friend. She does. If, if a truce doth friend make. Time will tell? <laughs> I'm sure. Man, that would be... A truce or a drusilla. <laughs> that would be so insane to me. Because it's already weird that Drusilla is not this um, full-on crazy pants person. She's not? She No, no. <laughs> No, she's not. In the in the show, she's like this like ethereal thing that's been touched by prophecy. She knows what's going to happen before it does. And that has made her uh, flighty and weird and hard to understand. She cry. Okay. She cry. But in this, she's just super not. Hmm. She's super aware in that's this. Fair. And that's so odd to me. But I love it. <laughs> I kind of love Drew like this. Maybe she and Buffy will become besties. That would be great if Drusilla could stop eating people, though. Well, apparently there's a way to not be a vampire, according to Augie. Yeah. Thanks, Augie. Angel won't like it. No. No, Angel knows what it is, apparently. He does now. Yeah. And it's the only way. Yeah. Um, What's it going to be? What's it going to be? It's going to be to kill someone, right? 
I'm gonna guess well no, I mean people soup is literally being a vampire anyway. Um <laughs> People soup. Well that's what I assume Augie was making. Yeah. I think it was demon soup, right? Like <clears throat> lesser demon soup. It could be lesser demon soup. Yeah. That is my favorite flavor of Campbell's. Mm-hmm. And it's very spicy. Art. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if that's our show art, then I'm gonna need a t shirt. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Apologies in advance to Andy Warhol. No. Um, how do you solve a problem like a vampire? It's gotta involve, like, sacrificing someone he cares about. Yeah. Like, to to really make Angel hate it, it's gonna have to be the thing he's trying to make up for doing. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, like, sacrifice Fred or something. Yeah. Or, like, you know, as soon as Buffy falls in love with you, because it's gonna happen. Good. Yeah. No, I... I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon with this book because she is in high school. I don't think that they would do that in this book. I'm going to go out and say I hope they don't do that. I hope they don't as well because it was really creepy in the show too. She's like 600. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is always fucking creepy to me. These high school romance books that are like... The chick is literally 16 years old, and the dude's a vampire who's been 16 for lots of years. And sparkly. And sparkly. That that book. That book is its own thing. I will get on a rant if you let me, but please don't let me. But I will. (laughs) Because I fucking hate it. It should be... I don't hate it. It should be a horror book. If it was a horror book, it would be so perfect. Because everything that happens in that is a goddamn lifetime horror movie. What I'm hearing is somebody needs to give you a Buffy the Vampire Slayer Twilight crossover so you can just let mur- let, let Buffy murder Murdered. some vamps. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. I would write that. I'd write the fuck yeah. out of that. I mean, also, like, Twilight is just fan fiction, so I could, I could fan fiction the fan fiction. Like, Twilight is fan fiction that has fan fiction written about it that has become a big thing and then i could write another fan fiction so the answer to who fanfics the fan fiction is you is me i can fanfic the fanfic i could fanfic the fanfic's fanfic if i wanted to but i don't want to because that's even worse um, and where are you going to get leonardo dicaprio anyway i could do it that's an inception joke yeah yeah i yeah. could do it i haven't seen inception i know that's why i <laughs> felt the need to clarify <laughs> Someday I'm going to make you watch Inception, one of the 12 movies I've ever seen. (laughs) I love it that that's the one. Like, that's the one that I haven't seen. (laughs) Something, other than Angel, maybe, and Buffy, if Jin writes her fanfic, something is killing the children. Yes. I fucking love this book. It's so good. Erica Slaughter. Erica. Erica Slaughter. Erica Slaughter. Hey, Erica Slaughter. Yes. Yes, Erica Slaughter. I'm going to put some words together and you're going to go, I need it. Where is my Erica Slaughter Funko Pop? Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Hold on. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Sorry. Such a good character and character design. I need to see it rendered in chunky plastic. Also, I know that I'm like, oh, this is my next cosplay. Her, 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 all the time. I might actually do this one. You need to actually. Do I might this actually one. do this one because she's a fucking badass and I love her. And no one would get it, and that's fine. Unless they're it. unless they're reading the books, like people who are reading the books. Yeah. But that's not a giant portion of Dragon Con. No. no. Just hang out in the comic alley. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Anyway, yeah, this book's so good. Um, So <laughs> does it start out in the hardware store? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the best scene, period. Give me the shitty old one. <laughs> yeah. I want to see those. Give me the one that won't stop chewing through anything if you drop it. I love that the dude is like, he's trying so hard to sell her a very safe, nice chainsaw. Uh-huh. And she's having none of it. <laughs> and then he's like, what are you going to do with this? 
I just love the rich fiction that is the life of a Home Depot employee who has a really solid sales pitch for chainsaws in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they make commission, though. No, so, I, this is although the, this is the House Depot, so maybe he does. It's true. Maybe he does. It's true. Um, but I just, I want to meet that person. Not for long. Because I don't no. think I'd like being around that person. I don't think I would long. either, but I would need to hear the pitch. Yes. Yeah. It makes me want to go and uh, check out chainsaws. Yeah. Also, uh, gardening shears, because these look dangerous. These look dangerous? Put it in the court. <laughs> I love it. Ask Rose. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, yeah. What, what is the kid's name? Fuck, I can't remember. It's just the kid in my mind. Yeah. There's Erica Slaughter, then there's everyone Then else. there's everyone else. Everyone else. I love that he's so adamant on coming and help. And she knows that if she leaves him there, that he's just going to follow oh, yeah. her and then be in more trouble. So she kind of, he kind of backs her into a corner is like, you know, I- I've seen it. I know what's happening. You have to let me help or I'll figure out a way to. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, fuck. Okay. But you have to not do anything. If I, if I make you say, if I make you go, you have to go. Promise? Fuck. So good. And the coroner. So good. I love this book. The I just sheriff love this gets book. his phone call on this one. Yes. I need to know more. <laughs> I was so mad when this book ended. So I was like, fuck, no. I need more. <laughs> what? I need to know what happens. There's so much going on in this one. There is. And like, I'm so glad this was originally going to be like a five issue miniseries. <sighs> and then it sold so well that it became an ongoing. Good. I am so glad that we get this as an ongoing. Yes. Yes. Because also the girl's brother, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Some stabity stab or shootity shoot. I guess he shoots. It, it was more like he, bang him he, in the head. Yeah. Yeah. That's he right. hit him with the butt. He butted him. He butted him. He butt-headed him. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. It's so good. Seriously. Read this book. I'm not going to get aggressive like I did last week, but read this book. Are you sure? I was so aggro. Last chance to get aggro about no, this book. No, I'm very calm this week. All right. We'll save it for the end of the arc. <laughs> yes. The Dollhouse Family, number two. This book is really fucking good, and it it, it remains as uncomfortable as the first one. Um, You see Alice... It opens up with her in the police station, and she's gone mute, basically. She's gone electively mute, and she doesn't want to tell them what happened, so her mother ends up taking the blame for what happened and has to go to prison, you know, for murdering a man. Um, And Alice ends up in this foster home, this care facility, and the girls there are just Go- well, it, one girl in in particular is just, just garbage. She's just garbage. Um, But that... That it's hard to be upset with her for being garbage because of the circumstances that she's in. Like, she's a child and she doesn't know how to deal with her emotions, so she becomes a jerk. Um, I don't understand how this second issue is not the end of the arc because it ties it up so beautifully. It ties up everything from the first issue so beautifully. And it feels like it's been four issues (laughs) because so much goes down. It's very good. Good. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. If you like weird stuff, you like this. Weird horror. Well, Harley Quinn's Villain of the Year. Yeah, boy. This was very good. It was so good. I don't think there was a single book this week that I read that I was like, eh. Yeah, it was a good week. It was a very good week. Uh, so Harley is hosting the, the villain, the villies. I don't know, the Villain of the Year Awards. And it's everything you want it to be. It is. Um, Including Croc getting just fucking hammered. Croc is me. Can we talk about how Croc is me? Croc is also me, so yes. Yeah. Uh, 
Award shows are not my scene. No. No, like, I'll go. It's. I usually won't even do that. It depends. If I if there are people that I need to support there, if there are other people who care about it and yes. need me to go to witness them, witness me, yeah, then I'll go. And if I don't have, you know, some conflict that is more important. Yeah. Like a Anything. performance of a different show. <laughs> Anything. No, there were things I would use it to get out of. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah like, say there were a family reunion on the same day. Oh, same my day. gosh. I yeah, I'm at, at that award show. show. Straight up. Oh, no, I already have tickets. Hey, can you give me a ticket? Yeah. 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 Um. So someone is plotting to murder all the villains. <laughs> all of them. And... He wouldn't be a hero necessarily if he did this because it is murder and there's the hero's code. And it's very petty. And it's very petty, but it's beautiful. It's so petty we'll call him Tom. <laughs> oh, my heart's broke. Uh but it would it would definitely be a big step in fixing this fucking universe <laughs> if you just got rid of all of them at once all of them at once yeah and then the one remaining the highlander of supervillains would be the flamingo the flamingo oh no he was standing in the fucking tnt he was going down with the uh, ship well i guess mr mitz spitlick would be would be around still yeah i mean they're off planet villains that would still be around but that's true that's why it would just be a big step and not yeah. totally fixing fair <laughs> yeah Oh, but it's so funny. Every joke that Harley made, I was cackling, even though some of them were just dumb. Like that's the thing though. It is <laughs> it knows that the format and and like language of award shows is dumb in the first place. So it leans into it. Yeah. Like it's laughing at the thing as well as what's going on in the thing. Oh, you know what? I can I can fill in for Brian. Hold on, let me get to it. Um, what I love the most about this is the the categories and explanations of why characters belong in certain categories, like best justification for your obsession. Oh my god. That is my favorite category, period, and also everyone's justification was fucking hilarious. Yes. But the best one was Leviathan. Jenna's quote of the week. Oh no, that's not even my oh, quote of the week. Never mind. I was just saying that was the best one. I thought that was a very smooth segue. Never mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. We're getting to it. My quote of the week. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. Found it. Jenna's quote of the week. So at one point, she's about to read a category, but she's like, shout out to all the billionaires in the room. Must be nice to know you could blow up a school bus and remain just as just as likable. <laughs> and one of the billionaire guys, I don't know who it is. But anyway, one of them goes, ha money has made me incapable of love. I think that's supposed to be Maxwell Lord. Okay. That that's was... what I was thinking, yeah. but... His hair is so nice. <laughs> That's why I think it's Maxwell Lord. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I was like, yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, so many Tom King villains win awards. So many. But Kite Man doesn't get anything. I really, really wish Kite Man had won something. Yeah. I wish I had just seen Kite Man yeah. there at all. Uh, he's apparently in the new Harley Quinn cartoon. Yay! I haven't gotten to him. No, no, I don't think I've gotten to him yet. Nice. I don't think he was an Arkham in the first one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> very good. 
I enjoyed this quite a bit. Yeah, it was super fun. And also, if you're a super villain, don't watermark your stationery when you're trying to be secretive. Yeah, don't don't do that. It'll give you away every time. Yeah, just pro tip from us to you. It'd be great if when Lex gives Harley her stationery, it's watermarked, and she's like, "What is this bullcrap? <laughs> Everybody's gonna find me this way." And I fucking adore the fact that Lex was not smart enough to think, "Oh, is there a watermark?" Lex is. Not as smart as Harley. There's, no, like, just, no. There is no, no way. No, not even a fraction as smart. I mean, he, he touts himself as what? The second or third smartest person in the DC universe? No, no, no. He always says man. So that may be true. Well, that's true. <laughs> okay. Good point. Good point. Harley is definitely smarter. Mm-hmm. Superman, number 18. Yes, tell me how dumb I am for not reading this book. So let us go back in time four years. The last time Superman's identity was made public. Is that only four years ago? Yes. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I think I cut all those from the last no! episode. <laughs> I'll be sure to do an extra this time. <laughs> I might have left one in. <laughs> um, let us go back in time for four years to the mm-hmm. last time Superman's identity was made public. And it was Lois who did it, and it was to keep some villain from being able to manipulate him by threatening to do it. And I, if I recall correctly, it got pretty mixed reactions. I thought, in general, the run was pretty well written. Yeah. Like, I dug it overall. Um... I gotta say, if you've got Superman's identity becoming public, I like that this makes it Superman's decision. And this issue is so much about his making that decision and why. Okay. Um... It's a very sit-and-talk kind of issue, but that's what I think it needs to be. Um, It's split at different points in time during a press conference where Superman is about to make the announcement, and then later in the issue makes the announcement. Um, You see him with Adam Strange on Thanagar during the... united planets council meeting Mm -hmm. talking about wanting to come out as clark kent as superman um and talking through some of the reasons there because strange has kind of been for a few issues his confidant on thanagard unpacking some stuff um He's so funny. He's like, he, he makes jokes and Superman's like, yes, I've heard that before. He's like, not in space. Every joke is new in space. (laughs) Strange, you dork. I love you. Such a dork. Um, And then you get scenes of him trying to tell, you get a scene of him telling Perry. It's actually wordless. It's just like him and the planet and then him in Perry's office. And it's all in the art and it's kind of like silhouetted and it's beautiful. Um, And then him trying to tell Jimmy. Uh, And Jimmy is the fucking best. Jimmy, look, I think Jimmy stands a chance in this prank war with Batman. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Damn it. Okay, I'll be reading this this weekend. It's... A really, really nice way to do it. Okay. Uh, and then just further proof that Lex is a fucking idiot. Yes. Okay. You get like two panels, I, or two two pages of Lex finding out. I, I always need more of Lex being a fucking moron. Yes. I either need Lex being a fucking moron or Lex being a cedary chewing, still kind of dumb, but like mustache twirling villain. Like on Crisis. Oh my God. Have you, have you gotten to watch it yet? Mm-mm. Okay. He is... <laughs> He's just, it's like so silver agey, nice. but without feeling dated. Like, it's just goofy. And Lex is just, he's Ahab if Ahab were somehow comic relief. It's a weird. So, another thing I'll were. be doing this weekend. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Tales from the Dark Multiverse Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. There could be a longer title if they really tried, but I don't 
know how. I mean, I still think the longest title I've had to cram into this document in recent memory is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles slash Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number one. Yeah, that's pretty fucking long, actually. Yeah. Um, This is obviously the Judas Contract from Teen Titans. If you haven't read it, it's... It's super notable and very good, and uh, it, it is wordy, though. <laughs> There's lots of words. There are a lot of words. Can you imagine there are a lot of words in a, in comic, a comic from, from the, the 80s? 80s? I think. <laughs> I'll make with the Google. I'm pretty talk. sure it's the 80s. If not, it's the 90s, and even still, it's basically the same thing. Come on. Um, But in this, Tara lives so this is what if tara lived and apparently if tara lived oh fuck she evil oh fuck she evil yo i didn't it was the 80s it was eight nice um i didn't expect it to go this way for some reason i didn't expect them to make tara like i know gaia is insanely powerful i get it i mean she gives captain planet his power right captain planet for better or for worse i cannot picture captain planet now without picturing don, don cheadle. cheadle yeah mm-hmm. tree anyway <laughs> happy little tree right over there so gaia is a fucking psycho and she oh god i don't even want to say it but it's beautiful and it, I, I just have to talk about it she rips slate apart she rips him just apart. Nice. And then makes Wintergreen just submit. It's so wonderful, but it's also terrifying, and I kind of hate Tara now. And I don't want to hate Tara, but I definitely do. Here is my general relationship to Tara. I want her to be good for Beast Boy's sake, but at the same I time, know. he can do so much better. He can, but I mean, there's Raven right there. Anyway. Right there. <laughs> and Raven's the actual best. Actual best. She's the actual best. But uh, also, everyone is dead, so. Oh. She does kill everyone. She kills everyone. Everyone. She kills them all. Yeah. All of them. Beast Boy could do better. The Beast Boy can do so much better. Um, and maybe if he did better, lava wouldn't happen. But sometimes the floor is lava. Sometimes the, the he found that out the hard way. Yeah. Um, also, the way she kills a certain very um, big name hero is devastating and beautiful and i hate her she kills superman she killed him she killed him dead superman i was gonna guess like a bunch of shards of kryptonite oh yeah that she pulls from all over the planet yeah that's as she just soon keeps as him said talking. That, this is literally what I pictured. Oh my god, it she sounds just, wonderful. Yeah, she keeps him talking long enough, and then she's like, "Oh, I didn't think I was going to have enough time." He's like, "Enough time for what?" And then all of a sudden, whoosh! she came in like a wrecking ball. No, no, but she did though. Actually, yeah. So yeah, not not in that moment, but in other moments when she does the little ball around herself. Yeah, you're just picturing Tara riding a wrecking ball made of shards of kryptonite. When you put shards in it like that, like it sounds pokey, and I don't want to write anything po- like that pokey, that kind of pokey. Oh, what about Gumby? No, <laughs> I definitely don't want to ride Gumby. Thank you. For anyone worried that without Brian here there would not be outdated cultural references, <laughs> uh, Year of the Villain Ocean Master number one. There are two reasons I read this. Mm-hmm. One, uh, because I like Dan Waters' writing in general, and he is writing this. Two, because any book about Ocean Master with a writer named Waters on it just existentially makes me happy. Yeah, that's pretty good. And it's a good thing I did too, because one, it's very good. Nice. 
And two, uh, you read Mara Queen of Atlantis, right? Parts. Parts. Mm-hmm. Um, you got some of the stuff with like Orm living with a human woman and mm-hmm. getting maybe engaged and... There's a kid who looks up to him as a father figure. Well, this picks up with him coming back after the events of that and having been imprisoned and having to live on the streets of Atlantis and escaping the, like, blockade around the city to get out and then finding a magical amulet with a water elemental in it while trying to save the person who helped him out who was then captured by a villainess who Lex gave powers who turned his... (laughs) Orm's friend into a clam-headed dude. <laughs> um, okay. And then getting his vengeance on her. And founding a new kingdom. So a lot happens a lot in this happens. book. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I'm like, was this only one issue? What the yes. fuck? Orm's been through some shit. He's seen some things. And this also apparently is setting up stuff to come in Kelly Sue's Aquaman run. Nice. So if you are reading that and want more than just the Cliff's Notes there, I recommend finding a copy of this book. It was really well done. Um, And I like the way it kind of positions Orm. Like, I think it does a good job of contextualizing him as not just this also-ran who's obsessed with the throne, but as a survivor, as someone who is discounted. Okay. Uh, he has a, he confronts Lex at one point in this, and he's like, yeah, you didn't offer me anything. Lex says, yeah, well, why would I? And then he just, like, he reveals this army he's got or whatever, and Lex is like, you know, I'm starting to think maybe, maybe I should have offered you something. (laughs) So this book makes him a more complex character. It makes him more complex. I think it makes him more dangerous. Ooh. Not... I mean, more complex characters are generally more dangerous. Sure. I think it makes him dangerous in a way that makes him feel more like an actual threat to anyone. Um, It gives him something to actually lose. Yeah. And it gives him some loss that, like, he can't really undo without bridging anyone, which is nice. Oh, yay! Yeah. Um, (laughs) No fridging. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I really strongly recommend this both in its own right, but if you are reading Aquaman, and especially if you have been reading Aquaman, Mm -hmm. this bridges a lot of gaps. Nice. The Amazing Mary Jane number three, or the best meta joke about the film career of Michael Keaton. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because the actor who's coming in to audition for the Vulture keeps calling him the Birdman. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Now Michael Keaton just needs to play Harvey Birdman. I think so. Attorney at law. Yes. And I volunteer to be the hippo dude. I don't remember his name, but I just want to scream, did you get that thing I sent you? I never watched any Harvey Birdman. Oh my God, Alex. It was so fun. Anyway, well, are we talking about Mary Jane? That's right. I did watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast. That, you know what? I'm at least happy that you did that because I fucking loved that show too. It was very good. Very good. That it was very good. the Moxie show. Those were my two like aimed at kids. Hey man. Night talk shows. Never watched that. Congrats. You named one I didn't see. I am pretty sure that I have never heard another human being ever mention this fucking show, and it might be a fever dream. It might be. Anyway. <laughs> Mary Jane. Uh, she's just the fucking best. She she's is the so best. Good. So I read two issues, so uh, tell me what happened in this one. <laughs> Refresh um, me. The Savage Six have attacked and are attacking, and Mary Jane oh, gets yeah, everyone zoo. to gotcha, safety gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. while Quentin distracts the Savage Six. Oh my god. Just the... And it couldn't have been super high speed because that was a box truck. 
It was a box truck that a golf cart caught up to. And drove into, yeah. Yeah. Like, it couldn't have been super high speed, but it looked high speed. And also, they were on a tight set. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how this was going down. I'm just, now I'm imagining them going like 10 miles an hour. I mean, grabbing people and throwing them in the truck. Yeah, it probably could not have been a whole lot more than No, that. especially since there's like other trucks and costume shop or uh, storage and all this other stuff in the way. Yeah. They can't go super fast because uh, you flip that box truck. You, you'd flip it. You flip it so hard. Oh yeah, you'd flip it good. You'd flip it good. I've driven pretty fast in a box truck and let me tell you what, it's terrifying. It's no sprinter van. It's no sprinter, you're right. So This episode brought to you by... No. No. Um... I should tell you about this fun game that I play in my head every time I'm on the road and I see a sprinter van, but I'll do that off air because I don't, I mean, it's not, it's fine. It's fine. It's, but it's a little, ah, fuck it. This is this show. What am I talking about? I'm trying to be all not weird and not vulgar, but every time I see a sprinter van, it prompts me to start playing the anal game, which is you add anal to the front of every car and try and find the funniest combination. Oh yeah. So anal sprinter, anal I'm a, explorer. I'm a fan of anal Impala. Anal Impala, yeah. Which is also Shiera halls uh uh the thing where you skate around in circles and bludgeon people roller derby roller derby name oh i'm like why how, how do you not come up with roller derby this has been a day how far oh you haven't oh drink more talk less drink more thank you Aaron burr yep you're welcome um how did i what are we sprinter van sprinter van box truck physics yeah. anal impala anal anal envoy is the best um so far if you have a funnier one, tweet me. It's, it, yeah, I'll let my Twitter mentions be that. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Do you want a hashtag for that? No. <laughs> no, I super don't. Super don't start the hashtag anal game. Okay, thanks. Anal road game. Don't do it. But yeah, anyway, that, that whole chase scene was super fun. And then the haunted zoo. The zoo is very good. The zoo is very good. It's very good. I love that MJ is just the person who is getting every single part of this movie done. Well, she does earn herself a producer credit. She does. She does. Which was a really nice moment. Yeah, it was. This book is starting to make me like Quentin Beck as a human a little bit. I know, me too too i'm starting to almost think that maybe this isn't super nefarious how far are you into amazing spider-man not very okay god damn it and that's the problem slash the thing i love about this is like i know that there's a shoe that's about to fall because i know whose puppet beck is but like i still want much like tara (laughs) i want to see him be better for beast boy's sake for beast boy's sake Quentin should be better, but he's not gonna. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's very good. It's yeah. very good. It's a very good book. It's a very, very good book. If you want good, good MJ, this is very good MJ. It's a good place for MJ to be good, too. I also just kind of hate that she just sees the best in everyone around her. I mean, I kind of love that about her. I do, too. I'm... <sighs> I love it, and also I am pained by it, knowing that it's not going to end well. But maybe everyone else around her will be like, fuck you, Quentin, when the shit finally does hit the fan. And they'll be like, I can be better than I was, because MJ believes in me. Maybe I can be a superhero. I'm pretty sure if MJ believed in me, I would be a better person. Probably wouldn't, actually. I like I kind of like being dirty brown garbage water. It's fun. I don't think you're that. I say as I sip coffee. (laughs) (laughs) That's dirty brown bean water. It's different. Well, beans can be garbage. It's true. Doom 2099. So fucking Brian is not here to talk about this. So I'll just talk super briefly. But you get a, a group of people like 
pulling this guy through a desert. And it turns out that's Victor Von Doom, who has somehow zapped himself into, into a Batman issue. Into a Batman issue. Um, and then Martha Wayne Joker's dead body is just right there beside him. It's insane. I didn't think this was the crossover I was going to get, but... I mean, here we are. Yeah. But <laughs> he has zapped himself into the future. So none of that really happened. Just in case anybody was confused. I wish it did, but it didn't. Uh, he he zapped himself into the future for some reason that he can't remember. There's something weird going on that's like blocking his memories and he's having to gain them back over time. Like he didn't know he was, he was Victor Von Doom at first. Oh, he's a character in a Japanese RPG. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So he ends up sort of sort of befriending this young kid who helps him escape from the people who are going to kill him basically they're going to take him back to somebody who's going to question him and kill him but they probably wouldn't have managed to kill Victor Von Doom come on come on people have tried um but he escapes with this kid and this kid takes him to that the 2099 version of the tinker and Victor uses all the tinker's equipment and stuff to make himself a doom suit and goes to attack a pretender, somebody who else, somebody else who is calling themselves Doom. So he does some inventing work. Yep. He makes himself a new suit. Yep. It is. It is a he JRPG. He fights a fight. Yeah. And he does reconnaissance. He is a Tinker Tailor soldier spy. Oh my god, he is. Uh, weird. But he gets there, and he just figures that it's a Doombot. So he gets there, and he yells the the Doombot, "Fuck you, code." Yeah. Which is, of course, Ouroboros, and. That Doom is like, oh, I remember this moment. And you're like, oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Because the whole time. Looper. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then they have this fight and he throws 2099 Doom throws, not 2099 Doom out the window. And everything sort of like rewind flashes back. And he's still laying in the desert. The whole time he's seeing, I've fucked this up. The whole time he's seeing like images of Reed Richards. And recounting his last argument with reed richards where he's trying to go into the future and reed's like no you can't do this you have to whatever stop what you're doing blah 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 blah. and reed is like trying to fuck with the controls because they need more time because something is attacking them um and it turns out when you do the whole rewind thing they have meshed doom and reed are one because it's doom with his limbs all wiggly spaghetti it's so good i know i just spoiled like the entire book for everybody but it was so good that i couldn't not talk about every part cool Chip, come on. You should be reading that. Reading it. You should just be reading it. Just read it. Alex, this just read it. This is why trades exist. <sighs> Again, like I said before we started recording, down from 110. Like, I'm not reading any of the other 2099 books. I almost refused to until later. This one was so good. See, you are on this this personal project to get me to read single issues of crossover books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Between this and Beta Ray Bill. Yes. And you're you're doing a better job of selling me than Brian <laughs> To be fair, I didn't read Beta Ray Bill, so, but I'm going to. I did flip through a copy of it, and he does have Lockjaw with him, and there Fuck. is no chance I don't now go back and read it. Fuck. Okay. Um, I'll be buying that today. Yeah. Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 14. This is the last issue of this book. Um, In our Discord chat for coordinating the 2019 favorites episode i posted a reminder to everyone yesterday that you know an individual issue of an ongoing series does qualify for best single issue you know favorite single issue for your list this book is why okay good Um, to know it is basically a self-contained story may is in the hospital for treatment 
and the like first couple of pages of this are a flashback to when peter had first gone to live with may and ben and ben and peter don't totally get along and may's like look i got this goes talks to peter and she's like you should get some sleep and when you wake up i'll be right here because the next morning and she's asleep in the chair next to him uh he peter is in the hospital room with her and they're starting to put her in her and he says you know when you wake up i'll be right here which is heartstrings you know what happens when spider-man makes a promise like that the entire city blacks out things go badly (sighs) He starts to go try and be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And everyone who's like been a supporting character in this through the series so far is like, Peter, go the fuck back to the hospital. Oh, We got this. <laughs> so this is the book where you just want me to cry uncontrollably. Yes. Oh, it will do it. It will do it. Fuck. Like, this is about the first five pages of it. No. <laughs> it's very good. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, um, it's very good, and I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but Peter does find out who is responsible for the blackout, does confront that person, and that scene will also make you cry. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. This also has what I've already sent you, fodder for Jenna's conspiracy quarter. <gasps> it does. Spider-Man knows what kryptonite is. That's right. How does he know? How does he know? <sighs> He's a dimension hopper, is all I'm saying. That's true. For fuck's sake. Just give me my fucking crossover. <sighs> Someday. Someday. Uh, oh, you know what time it is? It's X time. X time. X is going to give it to you. <laughs> I mean, only Scott Summers. He's not going to give me anything. <laughs> I can think of a couple of things he might give you, but penicillin will treat you. It's true. Uh, New Mutants, number three. So we haven't talked about kind of the ongoing structure of this book. Yes. Um, now that it's been sort of established, we had an issue co-written by Hickman and Brisson. Mm-hmm. And then issue two was Hickman with the away team in space. Now Brisson is writing the home team in issue three, and it's going to kind of bounce between the two writers and the two teams. Okay. So the space team is sort of the classic New Mutants roster. The home team, I think, is mostly like Hickman, not Hickman. Um, <laughs> you know that the other one, <laughs> the that well-known other- mutant Hickman. Is the Morrison roster from okay. all new X-Men. Okay. It's like Beak and Armor and Glob Herman uh, dealing with... Well, it starts with Armor and Glob Herman being like, why are all of our friends not here? Let's go find them and see what's up. And like, it's just them sort of trying to get the team back together. Nice. On Krakow. Cool. Uh, I feel like there would be a lot of that, like, it's a big fucking island and there's a lot of people, so I feel like there would be a lot of, where the fuck is this person? There's actually a scene in this where Armor goes to Sage and is like, she's trying to play it coy, and she's like, yeah, we want to make sure everyone got the message and is here, and Sage is like, well, Professor Xavier sent out a psychic message to everyone, so everyone got it. Okay, is this person here? Yes. Is this person here? You saw them last night at the party. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, let me skim through. How about Beak? Where's Beak? Montana. Okay. Well, did he get the message? Yes, he got the message. Everyone right. got the message. I'm going to go find out why he's not here. And then she flips and she's like, oh, wait, no, I know why he's not here. I've got this. Um, And goes to get the thing that she thinks Beak will need and finds Boom Boom rifling through Cannonball's bedroom. Someone's bedroom. Okay. Um, And Boom Boom's like, well, I'm bored, so I'm coming with you. Yay! So Boom Boom and Armor and Glob Herman, which Boom Boom and Glob Herman... <laughs> That oh alone god. is enough to make me happy. My god. Um, go out to Montana to solve a problem. And if they don't create more problems, they encounter more problems. <laughs> In the form of technologically advanced rednecks. Me! But not me. Bigoted technologically advanced rednecks. Hey, th- just 
Rednecks is not a derogatory term. You know no. that, right? Okay. I know. I was not being derogatory by saying rednecks. Okay. Okay. Adding bigoted was being yeah. derogatory. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yes, this was fun. Yeah. Glob Herman. I will not be happy until Disney put Glob Herman in an X-Men movie. So you will not be happy. Will you will be never happy. be satisfied. Rewind. Fine. 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 <laughs> X-Force number three. You read this one, I yes? I did read this one. I'm just behind on yeah. New Mutants, so I didn't have time. I didn't have time. Um, but I plan to read all of the X-Books because if you miss one, you miss everything yes you might say that that's when the dominoes begin to fall yeah i need domino to just straight up murder everyone Mm -hmm. period everyone that's wearing one of those owl masks because jenna's conspiracy corner this looks like it's very court of owls it's very court of the owls i think they are too but it's very court of the owls Okay, now that we've established that i need her to murder peacock dude dead murder him dead um I think with luck on her side, she should be able to do that. But also, she kind of looks really badass right now. I hope they regrow that skin. She looks pretty badass. She's been flayed alive. Yeah, but it's Quentin. When Quentin puts the protective barrier around her and gives her the ghost eye, it's really cool. (laughs) Yeah, but I think too hard about that. I can't not think too hard about that. What are you thinking? About her, like, peel. Like, that's going to get infected. Yeah, well, that's why he put the protective barrier over her. Yeah, but that doesn't take care of germs that are already in there. Quentin Choir, of all people, is not antiseptic. Hey, you're not wrong. Yeah. And he was like, I can take away the pain, but I can't do much else, so. He's probably cleaner than Scott Summers, but. <laughs> He's a teenage boy, though, so. Ugh, ugh. I know, I know teenage boys. Ugh. Scott Summers, though? He, look, he showers. I've seen it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. There's not a whole hell of a lot that happens in this issue other than Domino being a badass and Wolverine being a badass and also Quentin kind of being a little bit of a badass. Now you get, and this is going to sound facetious as these words come out of my mouth, and I swear it is not. Think about the dork that I am. You get a really great philosophical conversation between Beast and Jean Grey about the importance of death in a society. Yeah. I really, like, I haven't died a bunch um, like Jean has, but I really, like, her, her take on it. It really resonated with me because I was never taught to be afraid of death. Like, death was all, like, we practically lived at the funeral home when I was little because all of my great, great aunts and uncles and great aunts and uncles were passing away when I was young. So I spent a lot of time at the funeral home. I wanted to be a funeral director for the longest time, but I am allergic to latex and formaldehyde and those kind of canceled out my potential career you can't just shellac a corpse you cannot you can do natural burials though and we now actually have a natural burial cemetery in roswell georgia so reconsidering reconsidering going back to school fuck because it's very important it's very important to make death a comfortable and acceptable thing in people's lives i think but we'll get on a different topic later um yeah so Jean's whole conversation about how she you know never she was always taught to be comfortable around death so death has never really bothered her maybe that's why she's better at dealing with it than other people yeah just really hit home i was like oh yay this bitch is wonderful again Jean is very good i like Jean. yeah me too we need to just let the 40 year old storyline that is dark phoenix fall away and focus on Jean now yeah because Jean is amazing herself period she doesn't need this cosmic god power no to be awesome. She doesn't need to struggle against a cosmic god power to be awesome. She doesn't need to struggle at all to be awesome. She it has is. struggled. It's fine. We're done. Let her Awesomeness be. Awesomeness is her secondary mutation. It, it is. Anyway. Really. Fallen Angels number three. Um, I really, really, really love Psylocke and X-23 
as like angry Batman and Robin. Okay. Like trying not to be so angry, but learning to channel and harness and work through being angry. Okay, I was gonna say so like like a Frank Miller. No. But 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 you said working through it, so Yeah. Go to bed. Meanwhile, the two old British explorers who are the dogs. <laughs> Do you say that because Rusty's face is all mooshed into like a weird mustache? Also because whenever they start <laughs> I think about it was a segment on Underdog. Okay. Who was the old explorer dude on Underdog? Hi. Commander McBrag. I think of the two old men from Commander McBrag. And also those cutaways on Family Guy. Yes. Yeah. One of those, a marginally more relevant cultural reference. <laughs> marginally. That one being underdog. Yeah. Um, but no, I really dig Fallen Angels, and it kind of struck me this week that this and Batman and the Outsiders, which are both, both Brian Bros? Edward Hill. So bro? Romancing? Yes. Okay. No. These are both Brian Edward Hill. Okay. Are kind of two sides of the same coin. Weird. Um, Both of them are dealing with these sort of broken teammates trying to, trying to work through their, their baggage by being part of a team, by, by reaching out to other people. Yeah. Um, and I think Batman and the Outsiders, at least in the phase it's in now, is more about sort of the lies we tell ourselves and tell each other getting in the way of that. Whereas this is sort of about being honest, helping work through that. Like they feel, they feel like in a way they're sort of, if not related, like coming from a similar place. And this is maybe the more optimistic one of the two. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. Um, or I'm full of bullshit and seeing patterns uh, where there are no patterns, which is my brand. Um, but I dig it. These X-Men books are good. Good. Some Valiant books. We are squarely in the Alex Talks at Jen part of the show, and I apologize to everyone, <laughs> especially Jen. Tell me why I should read these books. Um, well, I'm going to start with Dr. Mirage, because you have made the case already for Dr. Mirage. And uh-huh. why you should read it. Yes. This is a book about comfort in death. Oh! And learning to accept and move on and seeing the value in that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Magdalene Fazagio and Mags is good at the sort of big questions, trademark. Yeah. Books. Um, and this is actually, I think, up there with some of her best stuff. Uh, the weird Nick Robles art helps, too. Like, really submit That's right, I forgot it was Nick Robles. Yeah. Um, we get sort of the reveal of what is going on and why Shan cannot find her husband and where she is and why she is and who's pulling the strings, how everything fits together. And, like, this is really where it comes down to it's about learning to let go and the value in learning to let go and not internalizing the lie that, oh, they're always with you. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's a there's also a big difference in learning to be okay and comfortable with death and dealing with loss. Yes. And this is kind of both of those and how they fit together. Very cool. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. You're just, I'm sold. I'm yeah. sold. Need it. Because um, it's, it's a person whose power is being able to, like, she's lived with the dead her whole life. Right. And what happens when someone does move on in a way that she no longer has them around? Yeah. Like, death is not the barrier letting go is. Right. Um, I love that, then. Yeah. And it's so, so fucking pretty. And it's Max and Nick Robles. Yeah. All right. 
The next two books are not already out, if you're listening to this Monday or Tuesday as it comes out, but are out on Wednesday, November 18th. Okay, sweet. December 18th. This yeah, I was December. like, no. I know what month this is. I swear. It's 2017, right? Um. Yes, correct. Now, these come out this Wednesday. Uh, the first is The Visitor Number One, which is a six-issue miniseries. And I don't know if this is a pre-existing character or a new character. We don't really see The Visitor very much in this issue. If indeed the character who I think is the visitor even is the visitor. This is about a group of Japanese scientists who are working on some sort of secret project uh, in New York and are being targeted by some person or group of people because of this project. Uh, most of the issue follows like the members of this team trying to... like work on their project and stay safe from this assassin. Mm. Uh, and then the rest of it is following this like UN security agent who's sort of assigned to them and trying to help stay ahead and keep them alive. Okay. Um, but it's, I like it a lot. Um, it is, it's got kind of a wild storm vibe to it. Like it's a little Warren Ellisy. Uh, I think it's Paul Levitt writing, um, but it's got that sort of big kind of bombastic vibe, but it's a really easy thing to sort of jump into and pick up without reading anything else. Um, Bloodshot number four. This is the start of a new arc. I have not read Bloodshot one through three. <laughs> And I was still able to follow this. So oh, it is yay. successful as the start of a new arc. Sweet. Uh, Tim Seeley is writing. We've talked about a bunch of Tim Seeley stuff before. Um, this is following Bloodshot having been sort of picked up by some sort of covert company organization. Like they've clearly got sort of an industrial vibe to them. Okay. Um, and kind of offering him a place at the table and autonomy to exist how he wants rather than to be a weapon for someone else. Uh, it cuts back and forth between sort of that conversation and him and a couple of people from this organization trying to infiltrate uh, and extract someone. And his whole thing is like being impervious and, and full of nanites that give him strength and, and vulnerability. Right. And some of the uh, setup for gunfights in this issue, trying to take advantage of those powers is absolutely hilarious. Nice. Um, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I dug it. Sweet. And again, easy, easy to kind of jump into. I think if you can go back and read the first three issues, that would probably help. I probably will. Uh, but if you haven't done that yet and want to taste, this is a good place to get in on it. Sweet. Is it still good? The Magician's number two, Jen. Maybe when you cover up the fact that your friend accidentally killed themselves on a year two spell, you should make sure that there aren't other things going on that are possibly more nefarious. N nefarious? God, Duffy knows. Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man number two. Dragonfly and Stinger and Dragonfly Man and Stinger deal with the fallout of the Devils' attacks. Okay. The Red Mother number one. This is a new book um, from Jeremy Juan uh, about a woman who, along with her boyfriend, is kind of attacked by this shadowy force and the boyfriend disappears and she loses an eye and she starts... Literally seeing red and then seeing monsters afterward. Okay. This is definitely something I'll circle back to in trade. Cool. Um, if you like horror in single issue forms, though, like this is really solid. Nice. Is it a lot of ice stuff? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I could be mean and be like, does this all count? But the answer is yes. Okay. So like, it's more holes where I should go. Eyes should go Look, than was, eyes themselves. Look, it was pushing it to see Domino like that. Okay. So. Probably more than you would go. Okay. For. 
cool. Batman and the Outsiders, number eight. I've kind of already talked about Batman and the Outsiders a little bit today. Um, but this is dealing with kind of the fallout of the team's rescue mission and the additional knowledge that have been granted to Duke and Cassie. Okay. Batman, Curse of the White Knight, number five. Azrael gets a new suit. Doom Patrol, The Weight of the Worlds, number six. Um, everybody jacks into the Matrix, except for Cliff, who becomes a planet. Oh. Far Sector number two, um, Green Lantern Mullen continues investigating the murders that have brought her to this planet, and also starts to realize maybe their relationship with the idea of emotions is unsettling. The Flash number 84, I guess Flash runs the rogues now? Okay. <laughs> Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, number four. Um, maybe a dinosaur-themed amusement park is not the safest place. <laughs> Wonder Twins, number ten, Jin. Oh, I forgot that was me. Um, it's really easy to break into LexCorp, and all you need to get into the Phantom Zone is a black hole. Undiscovered Country, number two, Jin. Lottie's brother is a double, no wait, triple, no wait, quadruple agent? Captain Marvel number 13. Carol continues to make a bunch of chumps out of the other Avengers. Nice. Fantastic Four number 17. We learn the secret origins of the Fantastic Four. The Immortal Hulk number 28. Uh, Dario Agar decides the best way to delegitimize the Hulk is to merchandise the Hulk. Okay. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 13. Miles and Aaron have to get across town to meet Miles' new baby sister. Spider-Verse number three. Miles and Penny Parker team up to fight Mr. Sinister's six, or at least one of them. Star Wars, Dr. Aphra, number 40. For the first time in probably her entire life, Chelly Aphra makes a good decision. What? Strike Force, number four. Uh, the team gets caught in a storm and decides to hang out in a creepy old mansion. Nothing can go wrong with this. No. Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number six. Death is dying, so she and Stephen Strange get together a medical team to go save it. Heist, number two. Uh, we continue to pull together a team to steal a planet. <laughs> Sarah and the Royal Stars number five. Sarah learns that maybe her mother might not be as dead as once thought. And uh that's it, because I don't want to spoil how the book gets, or the issue ends. We are getting a second arc of this. So this is not the end of the series. Wasted Space number 12. Uh all of Billy's companions decide, you know what, this dude's a toxic asshole. We're gonna go join the Space Avengers. And then he ends up in a spa to prepare him for death. Okay. Like you do. Yep. Next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. And we've got a bunch between just the two of us. Yeah. Jin, what am the Lolo Woods? Uh, hold on, let me get to it. The Lolo Woods. It's another one of the Hill House imprint books. This is written by Carmen Maria Machado and the art is Danny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. So this is about Shudder to Think Pennsylvania, which has been on fire forever. Uh, it's a bunch of weird horror stuff that happens. Uh, it's going to be weird supernatural horror stuff. Yeah. Is that what the actual town in Pennsylvania is called? Because there is a town in Pennsylvania that's been on fire since like 2003, I think. I don't know what it's called. It could be. You'd think I would know because I've seen like four fucking documentaries on it. But by now I would have run for office just so that I could rename it Moria. Yeah. There's also a place in Tennessee that is um, abandoned that 
actually Limetown was based on. I said Moria. It's the Mines of Moria. One does not simply... Mordor. Mordor. That's where I Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Speak friend and enter. I like Danny's art. Yes. Very much so. Very, very much so. Um... I cannot believe that this title has made it to my list, but Tom Taylor is writing, therefore it is mandatory. And that is Suicide Squad. Damn it. Suicide Squad is on my list for next week. Um, if you follow Tom Taylor on Twitter, you've seen a bunch of concept art for new characters. Um, and who boy does it sound like he is going to just churn through characters in this book. Nice. Um, which is kind of what you got to do in Suicide Squad. Yeah. But I'm excited for this. Tom Taylor is very good at what he does. Project Xmas number one. Uh, it's Mark Miller writing more of one of his most beloved properties, but we don't know which one until it comes out. We don't know which one. I do have a guess. I hope your guess is correct because it is my favorite. Yeah. And I'm also willing to bet that if you read comics news websites, you'll get an answer on like Tuesday. Well, yeah, of course, but I don't is. want that. I want to be surprised. See, I don't think it's going to be like polybagged or anything. I think once it's on the shelf yeah you know what it is yeah but i don't want to know on tuesday i want to know on wednesday okay so if i find out you don't want to don't know. tell me okay i want to find out organically okay. holistically automatically no systematically no hydromatically no okay yeah. year of the villain hell arisen number one so this is the four issue mini series that is taking all of the new sinister not sinister six secret six sinister six are six different guys from a different company uh the new secret six that the batman who laughs has formed and pitting them against lex luthor and the legion of doom or as we've established because lex luthor is an idiot i guess the legion of dumb okay um not a fan of heroes fighting heroes i will take villains fighting villains every day though how about revenge of the cosmic ghost rider uh first of all it's cosmic ghost rider so i'm already mostly sold there and then you add the fact that it's being written by dennis hallam and back it was by donny cates and fuck you Fuck you! I'm definitely there. Um, yeah, I don't. You don't. You don't need any more than that, right? Like you don't, don't need any more. So. If you did, it's got Jeff Shaw art. So I mean, so there you doing go. the whole thing or just the backup? Uh, I think he's doing the whole thing. Cool. I, um, I don't know. I know he's at least doing the back. Okay. But he may be on the whole book. Yeah, anyway, super, super excited. Something about an intergalactic prison, and he's not gonna be able to hold him. I'm sure. But yeah. yeah. No prison. I'm sure this is the prison that he winds up at at the end of yeah. Destroys the Marvel Universe. Yeah. No prison can hold the Cosmic Ghost Rider. No, I mean, how could you? Not even death. He's too annoying to keep locked up. That's right. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth number one. Tell me about it. This is... I'm pretty sure this is a Black Label book. Um, This is a four-issue miniseries set in the far future after Earth has been destroyed and one city still stands. And Wonder Woman is woken up from a decades or centuries long sleep to defend this last city against giant monsters. Okay. Uh, It is written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson, who did Murder Falcon. Sweet. And at the very least should be big dumb fun. Yeah, yeah. If you did you read any of Murder Falcon? I did not. Oh my god, it's so much fun. And also oh heart heart heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. Such um, a good book. Yeah, I think I think this will be fun. And last one, I'm assuming this is a book either about beef or New Zealand. Wellington number one. No. No? No. Oh. And a book about beef Wellington. That would be Yeah, Rusty. Um I need it because it's Aaron Mankey writing a comic book. I, I've 
read a couple of his actual books and they're pretty good. But I love lore. I love lore so much. So I can only imagine that this is going to be great. It's about the Duke of Wellington, who, as it turns out, is England's greatest monster hunter. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Um. So yeah, it's actually Aaron Menke and Delilah Dawson writing. Nice. Yeah. This may be on my list, too, because Delilah Dawson did Starpig. Yeah. Well, Rusty says it's time to end the episode. Aww. So we'd like to thank Chase Parker for our intro. You can visit us at panelologypodcast.com if you want to submit questions for us. Um, you know what? I'm going to make this one up as we go. And if Jen doesn't like it, I can cut it. Okay. But if you want to weigh in on what your favorite books of 2019 Oh my God, are, please, yes. Shoot us a message there and we will read some out. Panelologypodcast.com slash submit. Tell us what some of your favorite comics or just general media things of 2019 were. Yeah. I would love to make a list of that, of what you guys like. Yes. Uh, If you want to support us on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash panelology. If you would like to buy merch with our logo on it, that's bit.ly slash panelology merch. Capital P, P, capital capital M. M. If you want more of me, there is Minds at Yerk, a bi-weekly Animorphs reread podcast. And the Rob Thomas, no, not that one, Robcast. A bi-weekly, currently Veronica Mars podcast. We are up through episode 12, and I make some wild predictions about things that definitely don't happen. Oh, And maybe some things that do. Nice. Jen. Uh, if you want more of me, you can catch me. Um, I'll actually have a little, little excerpt. Excerpt. At the end of a Breaking the Panel episode about Star Wars um, soon, I obviously have to see the movie first, and then it will be on there. That's a bold um, take, seeing the movie first, and I think and really then differentiates about, I know, you from a lot right? of the internet. It really does. It, it, I think that it is such a strong stance that I'm taking about reserving judgment until I've seen the film. Honestly, I can't believe that I am willing to be that bold and brave. Yeah, um, really, truly, you are you are visionary. Visionary, in this way. fucking visionary. Who would ever do that? Anyway, Madness. moving on. And if you want more of me in 2020, catch my new show, Craft Booze, that will be coming out in hopefully mid, if not late January 2020. Sweet. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. Oh, and I'm Jenna. I almost threw in a don't forget the and. Yeah, you probably should have. Go read comics? Go read comics? Yeah.